Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. Joining me today is Alex Saunders from the YouTube channel called Nuggets News Australia. Now, Alex, you've been doing some uh, surveying of people's attitudes to the price of Bitcoin and I think possibly other cryptocurrencies, but certainly Bitcoin. And uh, what did you find? Yeah, we've sort of found the sentiments very negative and, you know, that sort of can mark the bottom in all sorts of markets. But people are sort of expecting now or really lost hope to have that um you know, explosive growth that cryptocurrencies experienced throughout 2017. That was probably the main finding. Do you think that, um, because as you say, with all markets, um, for the bottom to occur, you need all hope to be lost and for there to be total capitulation. Do you think the crypto market and Bitcoin is at that point, the bottom? I, I don't think we've seen a complete capitulation to really scare people. I think that would mean Bitcoin going to $5,000 or a little bit, a little bit lower. But in terms of reaching that depression where it's just been nothing but, you know, um, red candles on the charts for six months now, I think there's a lot of people that are really just sort of over cryptocurrency and we're not seeing any new people um, enter the market. One of the other things you found, which is, I suppose, feeding into the same story, is that um, uh, searches for Bitcoin have dropped by 90%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the searches for Bitcoin and for buy Bitcoin, um, as you say, about 10% of what they were during the lofty heights of the end of 2017. So that's a a really good indicator to let let us know that there's just not the new people entering the space as opposed to the end of last year, some exchanges were adding 100,000 customers a day. Um, We're just not seeing anything like that at all now. So... What about the difference between Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? Because um, obviously they're all rising as one before. Is there, as the market's now collapsing and going into what you might call the full bear market, is that happening again on the way down or are they, or are there differentiations? No, the correlation to Bitcoin is still pretty high for most coins. So across the board, you know, Bitcoin's down about 70%, so most coins are down about 80 or 90%. And a lot of this doesn't make any sense. So some of these companies, um, some of them have already got revenue um, and they're, they're usable platforms and yet their price is correlated to Bitcoin and they're in completely different industries. So we believe that presents opportunities. And there has also been standout um, pockets of, of individual coins or a little group of industries that have performed better um, than the whole market. So that's kind of what we're starting to look for now. And where, where do you think the opportunities lie? I mean, obviously, there's a difference between a coin and a token. The tokens are built on other um, platforms, coin platforms such as Ethereum. Um, and it sounds like you were talking about the ones that you, you believe are, shouldn't be correlated to Bitcoin are the tokens that have a business behind them. Is that where you think the opportunities lie? Yes, exactly. So it's a bit of a um, nomenclature issue in the fact that we still call all these cryptocurrencies, we still call them all coins, but you're exactly right. We should probably call them utility tokens if we're talking about these business use cases and platforms. So one of the best performing ones during the bear market has been um, the Binance Exchange um, token, 
which you can use to get discounts on trading fees. Um, they also do airdrops of tokens. It has a number of um, you know utilities, as the name suggests. So that's been very attractive for people. Um, that's up over a hundredfold since the Binance Exchange launch last how year. Do you spell so, that? You know, how, that, do you, how do you spell that, Alex? Uh, Binance. So B I N um, A N C E. So right, as in Bitcoin sounds. Finance, I think it's short for <laughs> yeah something like that. Yeah, but, right. um, that's become the, nearly the most popular exchange in the world now. So, again, it's one of those um, we've got a video on covering one of the ex- exchanges that we suggest that people use. Any other tokens um, that you think are worth looking at? Uh, so, Horizon State is one that we always talk about, an Australian-based voting platform. They've signed up, you know, Indonesian governments now. Um, they've just been approached by a country. They can't say who, but that, it's a European country that are going to be using their platform to possibly hold national elections as soon as next year. Now, the only way you can hold those elections is by buying that utility token because it has the utility to, to have a vote and cast a vote on their blockchain. So something like that is just an absolute no-brainer for us. That's a fantastic use of blockchain technology and it's going to put a lot of um, demand pressure on the token price, we believe. So if you hold that token, uh, the people in that country, in order to cast their vote, have to buy it off you. Is that right? Well, the country itself. So here's an example of how it would work. Last year, the plebiscite in Australia cost about $120 million. Instead, the government could have spent $2 million buying these tokens and used the blockchain and used their app for people to cast a vote. It's a saving of $118 million for the government, but it's also $2 million of tokens that need to be bought off exchanges. Now, that's why do you need one the, why, vote. Why do you need the tokens to make to, – to, why do you need the tokens to vote? The tokens are the platform. They are. So think of it as um, – why do you need Starbucks coupons to buy a coffee? It, well, basically, it's the only currency that they accept in this in this instance. So it would be like Starbucks saying you can only use our, our currency from now on. So Horizon states say you have to use our blockchain to have a vote. It has all these benefits um, that blockchains you know have, but, um, but it also means that the governments need to buy that amount of tokens to run the, the ballot, the vote, um, but it saves them a lot of money. Do any of the coins look particularly oversold to you? Particularly oversold? Uh, so it's probably, again, those utility tokens. Um, we've made videos on all our favourite ones, but it's just scanning down the list and looking. Some of these projects are down 90%, 95% from their all-time highs when they haven't had any um, setbacks in terms of their business model. If anything, they've been making progress. So we look for things like that where the market is just displaying irrational behaviour and just following Bitcoin's price. We even think that Bitcoin is going to start to see some, you know, more money flow in. As If it continues lower, it's going to be really attractive for the, the big institutional buyers that everyone's waiting to come in. But do, you, but do you think that there's a business case or at least a, some sort of future for Bitcoin and Ethereum and the other ones, Litecoin and so on? Uh, Ethereum being the world computer and having all these applications running on top of it in a decentralized fashion, we think it's going to be huge. The second biggest platform is probably EOS, which is launching at the moment, which a few people might have read about in the headlines. Um, in terms of actual use as digital money, we, we think Bitcoin is going to be adopted by developing countries, You know, cross-border commerce. I still think the future has never been brighter for Bitcoin. 
there was a lot of talk that Bitcoin was too slow and cumbersome, too expensive and so on. Are, they, are the people who run that network, that platform, that Bitcoin platform, uh, sorting those problems out? Yeah, so in Australia, there's a few companies that are already running uh, Lightning Network. So you, you might have heard of the Lightning Network, basically a second layer solution on top of the Bitcoin network. And someone the other day at Brisbane Airport bought a coffee using the Lightning Network. So instead of a Bitcoin transaction taking 10 minutes and then it has to have a few confirmations, um, this is instant and it's next to nothing. I think it's a hundredth of a cent instead of a Bitcoin network fee, which might be, you know, 40 cents or something like that, which is pretty expensive while the network's busy. So if you use the Lightning Network, it's basically free. It's basically instant. Um, and more and more people are starting to use the Lightning Network for those smaller costs. You might still want to use the main Bitcoin network if you're sending a million dollars from China to Australia, for example. But with the Lightning Network, you're still using Bitcoin. It's, it's still, it still is Bitcoin. You're still using Bitcoin, but you're using a second layer application. So instead of having a Bitcoin wallet, people need to download a, a Lightning wallet. And at the moment, it's a little bit technical. You've got to be a little bit tech savvy. But like everything, the user interfaces are going to get friendlier and you won't even have to know what's going on. You won't have to know you're using the Lightning Network. It'll just happen automatically on the back end of that application. I interviewed Roger Ver last year, who's one of the guys behind Bitcoin Cash, and he was saying that you know it's all about Bitcoin Cash because Bitcoin's hopeless and will never get anywhere. Uh, is he and Bitcoin Cash getting anywhere now still or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the free market's going to decide. So Bitcoin Cash and Roger Ver decided that they're going to make the Bitcoin network run faster and, and less expensive by putting more transactions in every block. Now, this gets a little bit technical, um, and there's a few arguments for and against, against, and this is a hotly debated topic at the moment. It's almost religious whether you believe in Bitcoin Cash or you believe in the Lightning Network and Bitcoin itself. So rather than having a second layer solution to you know allow for transactions, which we're calling the Lightning Network, they're making the main highway wider. So think of it as a one-car highway. It's getting pretty congested. It can be slow and expensive if you want to get from A to B. Bitcoin Cash have now made an eight-lane eight highway, and recently the other day they upgraded again to 32 lanes. But at the moment, um, there's still only one car on their highway in this analogy, but they've got a lot of room to do more transactions um, very fast. If people decide that Bitcoin Cash is better than Bitcoin, obviously price would suggest at the moment that majority of people are still pretty happy as Bitcoin, viewing it as not only you know an undiversified uh, uncorrelated asset that might be a good store of wealth over time, um, but also a means of transaction. Right. So, uh, as you say, it sounds sounds like it's early days. Um, could go either way. Oh, yeah, oh, it could. And with every every project that we cover on our channel, some of these have got flashy names and flashy websites. But we're at the point now where it's about you know having a real business, getting partnerships, getting cash flow, getting users onto your platform. And that's where we think that in the next, you know, even within the next 12 months, we're going to be using some of these in our everyday lives, as we mentioned with Horizon State and a number of other projects we've covered on the channel. Yeah, well, more and more people are seeing uses for blockchain. So that's obviously leading to um, more coins and tokens as well. Yeah, exactly. And the fact is there's thousands out there and 90% of them are crap. A lot of these don't need a utility token or they don't need a blockchain. So... It's hard, and that's the main focus of what we do is trying to sort out good 
good projects, good businesses that need blockchain and need tokens as opposed to money grabs, I guess. Well, good for you, Alex. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch Market Wrap with market commentator Saeed Sadawi. The US Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, ruled that Ethereum and Bitcoin are not securities, which is some of the largest news to hit the cryptosphere to date. This is important due to the regulatory implications posed. There was, however, a clear suggestion that such a stance may not be made on many of the recent ICOs. The news triggered a short-lived 10% bounce across the board. The Lightning Network has continued its expansion. While still within a testnet phase, Lightning Network provides an unprecedented growth rate in transaction capacity for Bitcoin and other like cryptocurrencies. A second layer protocol geared toward assisting and scaling, Lightning Network allows what's called a payment channel to be opened between parties which reduces the amount of transactions necessary to be broadcast to the blockchain. A bug was found within the South Korean blockchain project Icon's smart contract. A flaw which resided within the code, allowing for third parties to disable transaction on the network, it's been described as a fatal error. Icon Foundation, however, has since announced it's been patched and there's been no security breaches as a result. EOS has had its fair share of issues since launch. After raising US $4 billion through an ingenious one-year-long ICO, trouble for the number 5 cryptocurrency began as reports out of China surfaced that there were quote-unquote epic vulnerabilities present with an EOS source code found only days before its scheduled launch. Issues haven't slowed since, however, as the blockchain also momentarily halted due to technical issues. In regards to market trends this week, what's known as masternodes have taken the community by storm, mandating individuals to hold a certain amount of a token, granting them network supporting abilities such as transaction verification. Doing so grants the holder a share of the block reward, which provides them with a passive income. While some masternodes provide ample incentives due to their increased interest, a large number of newer masternodes of questionable quality have entered the market. Regarding a market wrap-up, the market remains in a massive five-month-long bear trend. The substantial downtrend has caused pullbacks among the board, with retracements of up to 90% common among many cryptocurrencies. Many participants are comparing the current market cycle to that of the 2014 fractal, whereby a bear market lingered for over two years. Regarding Bitcoin, it's currently trending within the mid-US 6500s, with downward pressure undoubtedly remaining. Bitcoin's volume, however, is exceedingly low, which illustrates a diminished number of sellers. Other majors, Litecoin, Ethereum, Ripple and Bitcoin Cash have suffered a similar downturn, each down on average 75% from their December to January highs. With global market cap currently sitting at US $270 billion, we've seen a loss of over US $500 billion from the market. A concerning number, especially when you consider Bitcoin's market cap in January of this year was larger than today's global market cap. And that's all for the weekly wrap-up. I'm Sayed Zadawi, and I'll see you next time. CryptoWatch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. Our theme music was written and recorded by Broke for free.